Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. All things Chicago football and more. Hello and welcome back to Sticky Fingers Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sam Cody, and sitting right next to me, Kevin Davis. The man, the myth, the legend. (laughs) And we're coming to you live from Chicago, Illinois. The Windy City. Do you know why it's called the Windy City? No idea. It's not because of the wind. It's a common myth. It's actually because of the politicians. Really? Yeah, that's where the uh, they coined the phrase Windy City for Chicago is because of its politicians. Oh, I thought it's because the wind off that lake and uh That's what people think. That's what people think, but yeah. it's actually not. Um, so let's dive into it. We got a lot of football to talk about, high school, college, um, and NFL. Let's start with high school. In Chicago, we have a couple of games to watch for. Week one. Um, yeah, week one. It's finally here. And we had our first college football game last night. Yeah, sloppy but beautiful. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, but we got three games we want to throw at you to, to watch for uh, this upcoming weekend, opening weekend in high school football. Uh, we got Phillips going to Detroit to take on Kaz Tech. Kaz Tech last year was 11-1. Um, and they are just as higher-powered um, and dominant in Detroit as Phillips has been in Chicago over the past couple of years. So that'll be a really interesting matchup to watch on national television. Um, Coach, you have anything you want to add? Yeah, the hope is that Phillips competes against Castec, their perennial powerhouse in the nation. Um, so we want our, our team, Phillips, to go up there and really uh, compete and show them that uh, Illinois is really – a powerhouse when it comes to high school sports. Yeah, and then Naz is also uh, traveling to take on Cardinal Ritter. Cardinal Ritter was fifteen and one last year, um, so another clash of powerhouses, um, and that is also nationally televised. So that'll be a fun game to watch. It should be great, and we know how powerful Naz is, so we know that they're going to go down there and, and really put up a, a great fight, and hopefully. Hopefully, bring a victory out of the first game. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm more interested to see uh, how Phillips does. I think Naz, we've seen their quarterback play, their defense um, is going to be uh, really good, and of course we can expect that. Uh, but I'm kind of interested to see what Phillips will look like because the quarterback position right now for me is a question mark and. Um, we know that they're a strong program, but we'll see how that works. Yeah, I have a question for you, Sam. Um, yeah. How do you feel about our top teams going out of state for their first games? I like it. I wish Phillips was going to, like, California or something like that. <laughs> if I was Phillips, I wouldn't want to go to Detroit. I would want to go to California. But, um, no, I, I like it. I think it's good. I think it gets the kids out of the city, gets them in a different environment. I think it's a good first game just because it's, it's tough. Yeah. I think it puts them through the grinder right away. Yeah, my only thing is the question I have about it is that does it make Illinois look bad as far as football? Only because these top teams have to go Only out of the state. Only if we lose. Yeah. 
Top teams have to go out of state to find competition. That's the only thing for me. They couldn't find a first game here that's very competitive. They should have played each other. That'd have been great, you know? It'd <laughs> been a wonderful game. Uh, so, yeah. But it wouldn't be as interesting, I think, on a national scale. True. Because I think Illinois is looked over a lot when it comes to high school football. Absolutely. And we'll get to that topic one of these weeks. Yes. Yeah. The other game we had uh, to watch for in the city of Chicago, we think it, at home in the city of Chicago, this is the game to watch, is Orr versus Westinghouse. Coach, you want to tell us a little bit about that game? So these are two great teams, uh, programs that have established themselves over time. Or being not as known for the sport of football, they're more of a basketball school, but over the past few years, they've really come along in the football aspect. And Westinghouse has always been a good team when it comes to football, just in a tough conference here in the city. But this should be a very competitive game. Yeah. I think Westinghouse is on the verge of becoming a great team. I don't know if this year they're where they want to be, but they have potential to get there. And I know Orr is far along than where they want to be. So um, I think this is going to be a very highly competitive game over this next few weeks. The preparation and the the hype and anticipation to play these two inner city squads. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Had the privilege to watch both of these teams in 7-on-7s seven this summer and uh, to get a feel for them. And they both they both have the, the athletes and the talent, um, so I think it'll be a phenomenal game. Uh, if I had to pick who was going to win, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Orr right now. Who are you thinking? Really? Yeah. Orr has talent, but I'm going to go with Westinghouse. You think the, the line... I think their size up front and their power and quickness up with the line and their uh, active linebackers, I think that gives them an edge. But we'll see. It's going to be good. We'll see. I think if Orr gets out early, they yeah, should be, be they should be able to run it'll away. It'll be a problem. Yeah. It'll be a definite problem. All right. Well, we have a hot topic issue for high school football. Coach, why is there a drop in numbers playing high school football? Fearful parents. I think we've got to the point where the concussion discussion. Ooh, I like that. The the concussion discussion. Yeah, it hasn't been thoroughly done. I mean, parents want to know what makes this game safer. I don't know if a lot of schools and coaches have taken the necessary steps to explain that because there's a lot of fearful parents out there. And the whole concussion thing, if parents really knew the truth behind it the detail behind it and all the information yeah. they would have a different perspective but because of that parents are pulling kids well if they knew all the details behind it they wouldn't let their kids play soccer anymore soccer <laughs> well what else lacrosse soccer rugby and cheerleading are top three for concussions women's soccer at that yeah women's soccer is top of the list but so. i mean it's a definite concern all right concussions are a concern we need to as coaches be detailed about explaining this to parents so it's not something that we need to take lightly but parents also need to know that there's safety here football is one of the safest contact sports there is right fully yeah. padded helmets shoulder pads knee pads butt pads I when mean, it's done f- right yeah. yeah when it's done right and coaches teach effective techniques i'm having some trouble right now teaching kids new tackling techniques because in their youth league they're taught a certain way oh, that's where it starts that's yeah. the problem and so i'm trying to one get of, yeah they're trying to get them to change certain methods and certain thought processes that's the first step to uh, the elevation of the game yeah One of the other things I would add is just um, when they're fitted in their helmets, a lot of kids want their helmet not to hurt, and so they don't get it tight enough. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like it fits like a baseball cap and not like a helmet should. Correct. 
Correct. It, when I was in high school, when I was even in college, the first week or two that you have your helmet on of camp, it, it hurts. Yeah. And Shoot. until it forms to your head. Yeah. But I think a lot of kids, I know, you know, at the schools I coach at, they're just, they don't want it to fit like that. And they don't want to go through the, the pain. And it's like, oh, this this hurts. This is too tight. And it's like, no, that's how it's supposed to be yeah. for the first week. Take, take it. You can either have a minor hurt head due to safety or a severely hurt head through injury. Yeah. Like, what do you that's want? That's for sure. All right. Any other reasons why numbers in high school football have dropped, do you think? I think the only other thing is uh, is basketball now becoming a... It's always been a global sport, but it's starting to become a consuming sport. It's starting to take over for all other sports. Every kid wants to play basketball. Every yeah. kid wants to shoot from half court like Steph Curry. Everybody wants to do that. They're making millions and millions of dollars. And then you look at football players... Make nowhere near what basketball players make, and they're in a way more dangerous game. Yeah. So you see the dollars. I mean, parents see the dollars. Uh, coaches see the dollars in basketball. It's like we should move that way. You see AAU growing in, uh, for basketball and things like that. So I think that sport is really consuming the market. Yeah, especially in the city of Chicago. City of Chicago is definitely a basketball city. It's called the Jordan effect. Yeah, the Jordan effect. Yeah, and with movies like. Movies coming out about concussions, and I think a lot there's a lot of negative, you know, news about football and concussions, and all the studies they're doing with NFL players' brains, and so I think at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of drop in numbers, but it's also due to the fact that a lot of parents are behind that. You would say. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think parents would agree that they're behind the drop in numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's undeniable. So another thing for me is that I think the kids' part in it is that basketball is easier absolutely. than football. Basketball, you got an hour of practice. Football, you have two or three hour practice. You easier have lifting, on the body. You have, yeah, easier on the body. And at least that's what I'm running into a lot where I'm coaching at is just kids want to play basketball because it's easier. And you can blame Fortnite. Yeah. That's another... <laughs> Major factor in this drop. I'm playing Fortnite. You see the guy Fortnite made $3 million? If you can not play football, sit at home on your <laughs> game and win $3 million? Oh. Yeah, it's a different world. It's a different world now, that's for sure. Um, so let's move into college football. Last night, what did you think of the game? The U versus Florida. So everybody knows I'm a big college football guy. Great that it's back, but that game was excitingly sloppy. Yeah. I mean, it was great to see it back, the the way it was played, like the speed of the game, the everything about the intensity, the rivalry, the everything was great. But it was a very, very sloppy game. Yeah, I was not impressed at all with the Florida quarterback, Franks. I thought he just looked nervous. He looked flustered. I get that Miami's defense is fast and they were coming after him, but it's not like Florida's the defense he's been going after in camp. Florida's defense is that much slower, so... I thought it was disappointing for him. Florida's going to have to really step it up if they really want to keep that ranking at, n at the number eight team in the country. I actually think they should drop. I think they should be out of the top ten after that performance. Florida was that bad or Miami was that good? Florida was that bad. I mean, Miami, you saw that O-line. They were terrible. Yeah. I mean, they were horrendous. But I think two kids to watch out on Florida – is the guy, uh, LaMichael Perrine, that guy, and uh, the quarterback, C.J. Henderson. Those two guys are going to be first-round draft picks easily. Both seniors, I think those dudes, they show phenomenal football etiquette and 
just gameplay all around. Pretty yeah. Ryan is fast. The kid, he hits the edge on a jet, and it's, it's a wrap. I mean, it's a wrap. So, and on Miami, the the, the linebacker, Quarterman, 55 Quarterman, he yeah. had a pretty pretty good game, too. So He had one play where he got to the edge before the running back did and chased this guy down, and the guy was probably weighed 100 pounds less than him. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it, it was the speed was phenomenal athletic. The speed athletic of the game ability. was absolutely freakish. Um, but it was uh, some plays where it was a f- uh, three fumbles back to back. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and the game was and tight. The flags. It was the fourth, in the fourth quarter, the flags, some of the flags were horrible. Like, I thought it was bad all around. As a, as a DB's coach, I was kind of frustrated with all the flags. I was like, like some were good, some were like let bad them flags. Play. Like, like it was, it was like crazy. But there was also another game last night: Hawaii versus Arizona. Did you see the last play of that game? I didn't know. Hawaii's up by seven. Clock running out. Arizona run, uh, quarterback takes off, almost scored a touchdown. He got tackled on the one. No, on the one. Oh my god! <laughs> on the, that was crazy. On the one. He's gonna hear about that in the phone oh, yeah. room. You gotta die for that or do something. You gotta, you gotta man up. Got. Hawk down at the one. That'll be with him for the rest of his career. Time run out. All right. Um, Illinois came out and with a video showing their new football facilities, which looked phenomenal. What did you think, Coach? I think it was a great recruiting tool. I don't know if it was greater than LSU's locker room, but... I don't think so, <laughs> But no. <laughs> I think recruiting for Mid-State, I think it's a great recruiting tool. We'll see if they pick up kids because of this. But locker room was phenomenal. I mean, oh, yeah. And they overlooks their practice facility and has a lot of the old Illinois football players that made such an impact there, kind of showing the history behind it and on whose shoulders you're standing on and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought my first thought was why did it take so long? Yeah. I mean, Lovey's, I don't know, what, what, what year is Lovey in now? I want to say four. I wanna. I might be wrong. Three or four. I'm pretty sure out of a five-year contract. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you come in year one with all this? Um, because Illinois doesn't have the backing. It doesn't have the. They haven't done anything to warrant upgraded facilities. Now these facilities need to be up, need to have been upgraded years ago. But yeah. I agree that we love his name. Maybe it should have been a little bit faster, but. They haven't if done it. If you're anything. gonna pay Lovey, in my mind, if you're gonna pay Lovey that kind of money and not update the facilities, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, Lovey's a man, you know. We love him up here. Yeah, love, love, Lovey. All right, a game to watch out for in the Chicagoland area. Northwestern is playing Stanford. What do you think of that game, Coach? When you hear the names, you you're like, oh, Stanford's gonna murder Northwestern. He's like, it, it's gonna be a bloodbath. But Stanford has not been as good as they've been in the past. Nope. So they're ranked number twenty-five, but honestly, being ranked twenty-five doesn't say much. You know, like yeah. one hiccup, you're out. So it's like Stanford's not where they've been, but I think. Northwestern has progressed over the years. It's, I think it's going to be way closer, way more competitive than people think. I so, am predicting a Northwestern upset. I, I think I am too. They got a new quarterback coming in. Um, they looked really good last year. Had a lot of young talent last year. I like Northwestern. And I think Stanford, like you said, they're kind of in a year where you just kind of like, yeah, who who is over there? I, yeah. I, I can't don't. even... Name anyone off the top of my head, so go for the hometown boys. Yeah, as if if Northwestern can can handle that 
you know, Stanford's going to come right at them, running the ball, and with their big tight ends and passing the ball. If if Northwestern can hang with them on defense, I think Northwestern should be able to score some points for sure. Yeah, I want to know what see what Northwestern has done with their um, DB core. Yeah. With the defensive back core and see how they better that area. Not only just with passing, but run support. Mm-hmm. If, if if those two things have been fixed, I think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be close. I think Northwestern would is gonna pretty much destroy Stanford. I don't know about that, but I'm hoping <laughs> they win. All right, I have a player to watch for um, that I don't think many people know of. Uh, I think it'll he'll have a breakout season. But who do you have to watch for? I'm sticking with um, Per Ryan out of Florida. I think that kid is gonna. Don't quote me on this. I think he's going to go top 10 in the draft. I think that kid is wow. phenomenal. I think the speed of that kid, they got him listed at 5'11". I don't know if that's going to affect his draft pick. but so he's, he's probably 5'9". Got that speed. He got that, that power to turn a corner and just destroy all teams. I was thinking T.Y. Hilton yeah. as a comparison. Yeah, I'm sick with him. I think he's a guy to watch out for this year. I forget what that case was, but... Uh, my guy to watch for, Washington State quarterback Gage Birdrell. He is stepping in for uh, Gardner Minshaw. Gage is coming in at Washington State at the quarterback, Gardner replacing Gardner. And interesting story, so Mike Leach actually stole Gardner from Alabama, convinced him that he could lead the nation in passing uh, at Washington State. And Minshaw actually finished with 50 yards shy of being the, the nation's leading passer last year. For, throw, through for over 4,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. So I think Leach can do it again with uh, over at Washington State with Gage this year. Yeah, but they have to go against Washington, so we'll, we'll see. I just think he's going to have a breakout year. Be nice, yeah. Similar numbers to last year. Moving on. Hot topic issue for college football. Should players be paid? <laughs> I know why you're laughing. This is an interesting topic for me. We both played in college, so we yep. did, this is something. Did we get paid? No. Not at all. So Still in debt. Exactly. I see, <laughs> I see why they're saying players should get paid. The market for college sports is, is ridiculous. They make so much money off, uh, off these sports. But I don't know how you supplement a full... Right, education. You give them a full ride and then say you still got to pay them money. Maybe a stipend, maybe some type of small... My whole thing about paying them is that how do you make it equal? How do you make it fair without uh, without it being like professional sports where there's there's uh, agents and they're bidding wars and things? Yeah. How do you make it Should it be fair? fair? I mean, it's not going to be. Should, Should every be player get the same stipend or be paid the same? And is that across all sports in college athletics, even the sports that make zero money? money that's the bait so i think that's the only way for it to be fair right but if you gotta let's say zion williams talking about basketball right now but just as a person with a big name yeah you can't it's hard to say zion we're gonna pay you save as much as our 12th man on the bench that's never gonna see the court right it's hard to say that but or we're gonna pay you the same as the uh girls field hockey player who's sitting on the bench yeah, correct. But it's it's tough, right? It's tough. But I'm big on you got a full ride scholarship, maybe a, a stipend or something like that. But to have this thing where they should be paid and there should be tiers and levels and things like that. If if the NCAA can structure it where it's fair, then it is what it is. I'm still like I'm for it, not for it. But I don't think they'll ever get to the point where they can structure it where it's fair. 
and without involving. But yeah. how can you be mad at boosters about paying kids and things like that? But they don't want to pay kids. Yeah. I think the NCAA is in trouble. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think they're in trouble. Absolutely. And I think more so in basketball than any other sport, but they're in trouble. Absolutely. Because players are seeing the advantage of, especially in basketball, where you just go for a year. Yep. You're not really getting an education. And you can go make money overseas. Well, th- this is a way to help the situation if you take off the limitations of when you get to go pro. If there if you can go pro right out of high school every sport, then it makes it easier cuz those kids, those one and done kids can go right pro. They don't have to worry about the education side of, which I think every kid should get education. That's just me, but now we're saying you have to do one year of college or you before you go pro. Yeah. That that's like the NCAA saying, "We want to make some money off of you." Mm. But then you can go pro. Yeah. But if you remove that stipulation, then it makes it a little bit, a little bit fair, like a little bit okay, because those guys aren't gonna go to college. Yeah. And then college is gonna become actually more competitive because it's gonna be equal footing. I would love for college football to start paying the athletes so that these athletes stay longer uh, in college sports. You know how my faithful Irish, how I, I just felt like some of our kids should have stayed one more year. Yeah. It's like, just stay one more year. Just hold on. <laughs> Give us a shot. One more year we're there. But I don't know. I, I I don't know how this fair. I just know how you make it fair. I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think it's going to be fair. But you could do it percentage-wise. Yeah. So if your sport makes this percentage of what the college brings in for athletics, then they get that percentage of the overall total. Yeah. But I have an idea. What's that? So, when you sign to play for the NCAA, you sign away the rights to use your, that they can use your name, their likeness, Correct. your likeness, and all that. Correct. Uh, you can't sign any for memorabilia. You can't do any of that. You can't make money. Why don't they get rid of that? Yeah. Get rid of that. Then the players that actually have the big names that can make the money on the can side. go make their money on the um, side. The thing about that, I, I think... Because I totally then if you don't you- have a big name... That you you're, want, you're, yeah. you're just not getting paid. Yeah. You can use your name and your likeness and how they're getting paid, but you, no one's going to pay you that money. But I think with doing, I think that's the only way to make it fair, right? But the only way, that, that will strip away the collegiate, what's the word I'm looking for? The collegiate title, right? It, it becomes... Well, the NCAA would lose a lot of money. Yeah, it becomes professional <laughs> play at that point. Because then that player would be making money off of his own exactly. jerseys. His own memorabilia. Because a lot of a lot of those people that they're gonna go do that with are the same companies that the NCAA has has ties to. Let's say like the Nikes and the Jordans, things like that. Where schools have ties to. Those kids are gonna go to those companies themselves and it's gonna pull away from the school income. Maybe. But if you go to if you're playing for a team that's sponsored by Jordan, then you could just sign with jordan and they can use you know get a get a jersey deal with jordan uh, yeah that's what i'm saying but but why does jordan why does jordan now have to let's say duke why does jordan now have to market duke or i think carolina he's with Carolina. let's say why does jordan now have to market carolina when he already got the top player where he can market however he wants so now the the school they lose revenue that way well they lose revenue but 
You can also make a lot more money if you keep them around another year. Yeah, but I, I, I just we'll see. And players are not gonna st- are not gonna be leaving to go overseas. But football is a much tougher sport to do that with. Now we're talking we're talking basketball where it's somewhat easier. Smaller teams you can easily figure the money situation now. Now if you got a eighty man roster. Yeah. It, it gets difficult. But uh, like you say, if they go and they they're able to sign endorsements, things like that, it makes it easier on, on the, the the college. But in my opinion, it becomes professional play. It's no longer collegiate. It's no longer amateurism. You know what I mean? So You're only getting paid for your name and your likeness, which other people are using. You you're getting a cut of that. Yeah. I don't know that that's like Technically, I guess it is, but it but, feels less than Jordan paying me $100,000. But one thing to get back to is that I agree with you. NCAA is in trouble. They're in absolute trouble because this is this is going to happen. But yeah. they have to oh, figure yeah. out how it's going to be a complete mess. Yeah, they, it's going to be a, it's going to be a mess. We're gonna it'll be very interesting to watch. But the NCAA is definitely in the next two years. It's gonna happen. Yeah, and it's weird that you see every year like a booster or a, an executive of a company is in trouble for paying the kid. Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's gonna, all happening. It's be... The money's all there. It's just now in the next two years, it's gonna be controlled by the NCAA. Yeah. Which I think is a mistake, but we'll see how it turns out. That'll be a very interesting. Very, very interesting. But I'm what I 100% think they should get paid because the NCAA is making so much money. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on the fence. I'm, I've been this way since they started talking about it. They're I making mean, ridiculous amounts oh, of money off these kids, and these kids. I mean, they don't even. I mean, as of two years ago, the North the Northwestern team came forward, and we're talking about how they don't even have enough food to eat. But yeah, but as devil's advocate, think of this way: Are they making money off the kids per se, or are they making money off of their school's name? Right, like Duke. Duke is a perennial powerhouse basketball. Notre Dame football. They're known for football, not any true individual really stepping out and being great. They're known for Notre Dame being dominant and winning so many championships. Alabama. They're known for winning so many. So are they technically winning, making money off the athlete, or yes. is the sport? No, is the school performing at such a level and their coaching staff is so great that they're making money no. because coaches, of the name of school? As much as I would love for coaches to win games, players win games. Uh, no, and you can't that's not say the, the school. That's not the debate. The coaches. <laughs> that's not the, so. I could debate that topic. Ooh, we'll have to do that I could next. Debate that topic. Next now, week we got a topic. I, I agree with you, but I think it's a debatable topic. I agree it's debatable. I just at the end of the day the players are the ones on the field winning the games. So when you hear the name Alabama, roll tie, what comes to your mind first? Tua. Are you sure? You sure Nick <laughs> Saban does come to your mind? Are you sure? Nick Saban does come to your mind. He's he's really short. Because when if I yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> when I hear Clemson, I think of Dabo. Dabo. When you hear of uh, right. Northwestern, I think it fits. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm on the fence of the whole paying thing. It's just so you have to have thing. you have to have a poster child that's going to be around true. there for more than a year or two. That's true, right? And that's what those guys are. But at the end of the day, Nick Saban has been on some has been a coach and lost a lot of games. Yeah, it wasn't really his career didn't really take off before he got to Alabama. Yeah, because he wasn't good in the NFL. He's better at the college level. 
Well, we can have that debate next week, but we should, for the sake of time, probably move on. <laughs> so we both agree, players should be paid. Yeah. Um, How will it get done, though? That's the question. I'm very interested to watch it and see what happens. So moving on to the NFL, quick kicking report for the Chicago Bears. Okay, started with eight kickers in camp. At the end of camp, came down to three kickers. Before their third preseason game, the Bears moved down to one kicker. So let me just kind of sort through this a little bit and then tell you what I think is going to happen. So basically, to start it off, the Bears traded for the Raiders kicky, uh, <laughs> kicker. Eddie Pinero on and gave up the seventh round draft draft pick two years from now. So they gave up a draft pick for this guy. Then it was the job went from being between Eddie and Elliot Fry, right? Elliot Fry they signed a three year deal with prior to off season workouts. So it wasn't a surprise that out of the eight kickers they brought in, the guy that they signed a three year deal with and the guy that they gave up a seventh round draft pick were the two guys at the end of the day that they were deciding between. And the Bears made their final de- decision to waive kicker Elliot Fry and go with Eddie Pinero as their guy for the kicking position, at least for now. Here's my opinion, though. My opinion is that they will pick up a vet f- who gets cut from someone else and he will probably re- replace Eddie. I don't know that the Bears are done with their kicking drama yet they shouldn't be because he was only he was only three for four in preseason before this last before last night's game he was two for two last night so yeah robbie gold needs to come back i don't know robbie wants the money they don't want to pay him but i think it's worth it in the long run yeah i think i I think at the end of the day they'll probably if 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 a vet is out there that they like they'll go after him and get rid of eddie so i don't think the kicking situation is done a done deal in chicago by any stretch i hope not but yeah there's your uh, kicking report for the chicago bears let's go into uh game by game for the season we'll see what what we think the bears schedule will look like here and you have the bears going three and three i mean 13 and three i'm sorry 13 and three three and three in the first yeah. game 13 and three. Oh, first three and no games. first game i, th- I don't think they <laughs> first... would lose at all in the first three yeah so they have uh game one titans Yep, win. They'll play the Titans, win. Easily. They'll play Packers at Soldier Field in their second game. That's a really tough game. I have the Bears winning that one. Do you have the Bears winning that one? I have them 3-0. Then I have the Bears winning against the Broncos the next week. I have the Bears winning game four against the Redskins. I have the Bears winning game five against the Vikings, although I do think that that game will be tough. I have the Bears winning uh, game six against the Raiders in Oakland. And I have the Bears on their first loss is against the Saints. Uh, Correct. I think they lose to the Saints. I have the Bears then. I'm still debating on this one a little bit. I think the Bears lose either to the Chargers or to the Rams. I I don't think they win against both the L.A. teams. Right now I have them losing at home to the Chargers. I have them beating the Chargers, losing to the Rams. The Bears have the Chargers at Soldier Field, and they and they are going to L.A. to play the Rams, so maybe that'll play into it. I have the Bears beating the Eagles after the Chargers. I have them beating the Lions the next weekend, and then yep. I have um, them beating the Rams the weekend after that. I have, I have them beating the Giants. I have the Bears beating the Lions, and then the Cowboys. Tough then, game. Yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll be at Soldier Field, though. Cowboys game, so I think that's kind of why... I, Two top defenses, though. I I'm mean, very confident be, the Bears are going to win at home, though. It'll be nice. It'll be a fun game to watch. 
And then I have the Bears losing to the Packers at Lambeau. I don't see them losing to the Packers this year. I know Aaron Rodgers is your boy. Aaron Rodgers I, I know. is. Just don't, don't think they have the entire package. I think they're lacking. He's, he's a bad man. He is. I think he's on a revenge tour this year, too. So I think it's going to be a tough division for the Bears. We'll see. I think the Bears win at, at Soldier Field. I think they lose at Lambeau. That's what I'm going with this year. Then the next weekend, uh, second second to last weekend, 15, they're, they're losing to the Chiefs. I have the Bears losing to the Chiefs. I just think that's off. that offense is just, unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, the Bears, I, don't, I just don't see them. I think I, if they can, I see it being a great game. If they can slow down the speed of some of their receivers, I think it could be a close game. But if not, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And then of the Bears beating the Vikings in the last game of the season, we'll see. So are you saying they're going to be the champions of their division is what you're saying? Because by, by your win-loss, they will be champions of the division. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's either the Bears or the Packers. Yeah. I mean, of course. We'll see how we'll <laughs> see how Aaron Rodgers. It all depends on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there's and no Mitch, way. Sh- Mitch hasn't looked good in in the preseason or training camp. See, I want Mitch to prove you wrong. I want him to come out first game and just light it up. Just. I don't think he will. Ten touchdowns. Just. There's no way he's throwing for. 10 I know, touchdowns. but I'm just saying. I know that was an exaggeration, but just <laughs> if he light does. It up. Throw for if Mitch Trubisky throws for ten touchdowns, I will do ten ten days of a hundred push-ups. Deal. <laughs> I don't think you're going to have to do that, but <laughs> it'd be interesting. No, I think the Bears' offense is going to start slow this year, um, and I think it's okay because they got the Titans right away, and I think the Bears' defense at Soldier Field will hold the Packers to. The Bears' offense won't have to, in the second game of the season, they won't have to score much to win. And then the Broncos and the Redskins, the Bears' offense. By that time, I think by like week five, the Bears' offense will be back up to where it was last year. And speaking of the Bears' defense, just thinking about their game against the Colts yesterday, what's interesting when you look at it is that in every category, the Colts were better offensively. In every category. The Colts are a better, like, overall team, in my opinion, of, yep. like, across the board. I think the Bears have the better defense well, by luck, far. It's going to be rough. Yeah. But it's crazy that with when in every category they're better, but the Bears still won. It just lets you know how kind of good the defense is. Dominant. Right? How, Game how good they really are. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think this defense is real. I think it's back. I think it's real. I think it's going to be punishing. Between them and the the Cowboys, I think that's going to be the top two defenses uh, in the league. Um, we'll see how who takes the lead in that. But I'm looking forward to a defensive-driven league. I'm tired of the high-scoring games. Let's have some competition. Let's go back and forth here. Yeah. I know, we'll see. I know offense pays the bills. I mean, everybody likes to see the, the long passes, the, yeah. the t- all that celebrations and all that. But let's start smacking people in the mouth. Let's start, start really playing football. I love it. That sounds good. Speaking of the Cowboys, let's hop into our hot topic. Uh, Zeke. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke. Zeke wants to get paid. So Just talking to our... my wife about this. It's... Yeah. So should players sit out for the money in the NFL? That's our question. We got Zeke. We got Melvin Gordon. We got, of course, the OG, Le'Veon Bell. This is my thing. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But I think the teams have to be strong and say, and, and if you be, and the team believes a certain thing, then stick stick to it. But if you got a guy 
But also, if you got a guy that's worth it, they shouldn't have to sit out, right? Do you think Zeke is worth it? Yes, I think Zeke is worth it. I think Zeke is phenomenal. Do you think Le'Veon Bell is worth it? Yes, I think he's worth it. Do you think Melvin Gordon is no, worth it? No, I do not think he's worth it. On that team, with that roster on, of, on that of team, running backs, or do you think... Just on that team for L.A., it's not worth it for L.A. Okay. Now, if he's on that team, possibly. But also, with the sitting out, it comes... Le'Veon Bell started a domino effect. Yeah. With Zeke, though, what frustrates me about Zeke is that every year, he's in trouble. Every year, he's done something. Got in trouble with the law... Every year. How can you sit out and say you're worth something when all you've done was bring turmoil to the team? Like, yeah. when do you show that you well, it's own... it's not the... all he's done. He's also produced. He's produced, but go type in Zeke's name right now and just see what you get. You're not going to say, oh, Zeke rushed for 1,000 yards. You're going to see Zeke got in trouble with a police officer. You're going to say Zeke wants more money. Zeke did something in Louisiana. His 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 timeline, yeah. his, his story is built with negativity, right? Phenomenal player. I would pay Zeke. I would pay him. But when do you get to a point as a player saying, like even Le'Veon Bell, he's in an off-season party and all that. When do you get to a player and say... He hasn't been into it with the law. No, no, no. But he, he's been... He's almost like Antonio Brown. They both are like just natural headaches, right? They're just <laughs> migraines. They just come, boom, they just hit you. He hasn't been in a, with the law. He deserved the money that he wanted. I just think the way he went about it... Should he have sat out? I wouldn't have sat out a whole year, but it, he protected his body. So he has... Is it different... For running backs than any other position? Yes, because running backs have a shorter lifespan. DeAndre Hopkins had the option to sit out and wait for his money, too. And he was at OTAs. He was at training camp. And he his response was, I know that the Texans are going to take care of me. See, that's when you have belief, belief in your team. Belief in the administration. If Zeke truly had belief in Jerry Jones, which I think he should have, because Jerry Jones... Has Jerry Jones earned it? I believe so. He's. Th- I mean, he's had his back through everything. Everything. Dug him out of everything. Everything. And- so when you Zeke say, I know Jerry has my back, and Jerry's going to pay me. Jerry know, knows I'm worth it. I'm going to go play for Jerry, because Jerry know, knows I'm worth it. But then we say, ultimatum. Pay me or I'm, I'm going to sit out. It's like... It's an interesting technique of negotiating because DeAndre Hopkins saying, no, I know these guys got my back, almost puts pressure on them to pay them. Exactly. Whereas Zeke saying, sitting out and being like, no, I'm worth this. If they don't want... I'm just going to sit out if they don't want me. No loyalty to the team type thing. It almost makes them, makes you want to pay them less. Yeah, I, I agree. And like Le'Veon Bill, he sat out and what the Steelers say? They, they held strong. No. Because you haven't really shown us you deserve that, right? Now, he went somewhere else and got not well, all he wanted. The Steelers but... also have one of the best offensive lines in in the NFL. And then what they, yeah, and what they also saw that with Le'Veon out, they had somebody actually step up and play well, right? So, Le'Veon Bell, though he's one of the top running backs in the league, he was no longer, like, sought as, like, you're dominant. Just like with Antonio Brown. They have Juju Smith Schuster, so it was like I can. I don't really need Antonio Brown, right? I have another star, so I think that's the same thing that happened with Le'Veon Bell. Now he got his money, not everything, but he got it. But what he has to do now that he has it, I think it should be a clause in his contract. And then Zeke's if he gets his money, if you don't produce such and such, then we're yeah. gonna have to renegotiate this, right? Because so less guaranteed, 
that's guaranteed. But they the point of their contract is they want more guaranteed. That's the problem. Yeah. They want oh more yeah, they want money. it all up front. Yeah. So because if they blow out their knee like Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley's got all of his money. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think Zeke has done enough to warrant more guaranteed money. I don't know if Le'Veon has done enough to guarantee more. Would you give a running back that type of money? Because in my mind, if I'm an NFL owner, that's not worth it. Because I can go get a quarterback who will be around. If I get a premier quarterback, he's going to be around for ten years. Mm-hmm. No running back is going to be around for ten years. And not only that, unless you're. Yeah. Frank Frank Gore. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that is but also This the, old man just yeah. never stops. Offenses have, have moved to a more prolific passing style of offense. So the running back is has been for a while almost secondary or, or on the third tier. They're not really a primary focus. You work you a lot of teams run wide receivers have a longer life. Exactly. And they you can actually run plays to where the wide receiver, like a jet, they become yeah. a wide receiver is a running back, right? And they got faster speed there. I mean, they, they can do a lot more. And the NFL is always, I've heard someone say this, I don't know if this is true or not, but it makes sense. The NFL is always like 10 years behind college. I agree. So what college, the college game right now is going to be what the NFL, we're starting to see that a little bit with Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. with, I mean, all these phenomenal college quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson that are coming into the league and, and they're changing the style of offense that is in the NFL. Yeah. I think if Zeke or Le'Veon Bell, well, Le'Veon is kind of like this, but Zeke not too, not as much, but McCaffrey for uh, the Panthers. Yeah. He can play slot. He can yeah, play in the yeah. backfield. If he, they were more like that and just as dynamic as they are now, yeah. then guarantee, yep, I, I can give you that. But they're not. They're runners. Like, Zeke is a runner. You can't put Zeke in a slot and expect him to run a corner route. You can't put Zeke in a slot and expect him to run an out route. I mean, you can't expect the not swings they do that. That's naturally for a running back. But yeah. you can't expect those high performance plays from those guys. So I, I can put up, I wouldn't put up the guaranteed money. Yeah. But as a running back, it's tough because you know your career is short. So you, you need to get your money while you yeah. can. I agree. And with, also with Le'Veon Bell, they were franchising him every year, which I think was kind of bogus. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was, I was bogus on his I had no part. problem with Le'Veon Bell yeah. sitting out and waiting for the money. Yeah. yeah, the Steelers. It's, it's funny with me with Zeke, though, because you just got in trouble for something. Then a month later, pay me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, it's different. So Le'Veon, I was like, yes, you should do this. Yeah, it kind of sucks for your team and like your offensive linemen Correct. and all these people that blocked for you for and mate and helped you be great, right? But with Zeke, it's different because it seems like the Cowboys have really stuck their neck out for him a bunch. Exactly. And he's kind of like, well, if you don't give me my money, this is where it ends. Melvin Gordon is interesting to me because there are some. Like two other backs that are really, really good and talented. So That's I don't, why I wouldn't pay him. I don't think they will. But it's like for Melvin Gordon, does that mean would it have been better to just request a trade? Yep, come to the Bears. We'll take you. <laughs> come on. Yeah, interesting though. We'll see. We'll see. So, do you think that the Cowboys will end up giving Zeke the money? Absolutely. They can't afford not to. When? It'll be before the first game. Really? Yeah. 
I can't see them allow him to sit out. They can't afford it for him to sit out. And they destroy their year. I don't know. I think I think you can do without Zeke. You think so? That offense? I don't think Dak's good enough of a quarterback I, to I think play without is. without Zeke. Yeah. Zach is uh, Dak is nothing without without Zeke. No, I the think combination he's... is what makes that offense. Dak's numbers did not differ as much until Amari Cooper came into town. His numbers, Zeke being in the lineup versus Zeke being out of the lineup, did not spike Dak's numbers as much as Amari Cooper coming to town. Which, and I, I've always thought Dak was a phenomenal quarterback. I thought they he had no one to throw to, and he was with an offensive coordinator who was going to run the ball, right? That's, that was what the Dallas Cowboys were going to do. They were going to run the football. And when Dak came into the league, they had one of the best offensive lines, touted one of the best offensive lines in the league. So they were going to run the ball. I think Dak's phenomenal quarterback. I think with Amari there. And Amari's not even like in my top ten for receivers. Amari's just a, a really good receiver. Yeah. They finally got a, a, an actual receiver over there. And Dak's numbers went through the roof yeah well we'll see i um, think they are gonna keep z because i think jerry jones is have to invested too much basically yes i mean you put, <laughs> he always brings the bad guys and he puts so much behind him yeah he's done the same thing with zeke he has to see it out he, yeah he doesn't have a choice i mean he has a choice i mean he's he's jerry melvin jones, gordon but... not gonna be a charger no do you think he'll go somewhere this year or do you think he'll sit out of here he needs to go somewhere I don't think he can afford to sit. I don't. I just don't think he can. He can afford to sit out. He's not the caliber of Zeke and, and Le'Veon. I don't think he has that type of pool to sit. I say. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, there's teams that he probably won't get a, all what he wants, but he can go to some teams right now that give him somewhere close. Yeah. And that's what that's what he needs to aim for. Is somewhere close, like not the, uh, the entire amount. Somewhere close to what you wanted. That's what Le'Veon did. He got. They got him. Close to what he wanted, and he's like, "Okay, let's go." So, but he also sat out a year and had a year for his body to recover. Melvin Gordon could benefit from a year of recovery. Do you think Melvin Gordon is as good as Le'Veon? No, but I think there's enough teams out there in need, in desperate need of a premier running back that he could sit out a year and still get close to what he wants, like Le'Veon. Yeah, possibly. I don't think it's a bad idea for him to sit out a year. Just looking at it from his perspective. The Chargers should definitely not give him the money, though, in my opinion. I agree. I would. I mean, they have the backs. Yeah. They have they have two more horses in the stable. Yep. All you need is two. Yep. And you got the rest of your team is ready to go. So you don't need that drama. All right. Well, anything else? Any closing comments uh, before we... The next two weeks are going to be great. High school football starts. Mm-hmm. College starts. NFL starts. Let's, let's go. It's football yep. time. Let's get it going. All right. Well, that's it for us today. Thanks for listening to Sticky Fingers Podcast. Kevin Davis and Sam Cody signing out. Sticky Fingers! Sticky Fingers. Sticky Fingers. Sticky Fingers. Sticky Fingers! All things Chicago football and more. Hello and welcome back to Sticky Fingers Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Sam Cody, and 
sitting right next to me, Kevin Davis. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> and we're coming to you live from Chicago, Illinois. The Windy City. Do you know why it's called the Windows Windy City? No idea. It's not because of the wind. It's a common myth. It's actually because of the politicians. Really? Yeah, that's where the uh, they coined the phrase Windy City for Chicago is because of its politicians. Oh, I thought it was because of the wind off that lake and uh That's what people think. That's what people think, but yeah. it's actually not. Um, so let's dive into it. We got a lot of football to talk about, high school, college, um, and NFL. Let's start with high school. In Chicago, we have a couple of games to watch for. Week one. Um, yeah, week one. It's finally here. And we had our first college football game last night. Yeah, sloppy but beautiful. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, but we got three games we want to throw at you to, to watch for uh, this upcoming weekend, opening weekend in high school football. Uh, we got Phillips going to Detroit to take on Kaz Tech. Kaz Tech last year was 11-1, and um, and they are just as higher-powered um, and dominant in Detroit as Phillips has been in Chicago over the past couple of years. So that'll be a really interesting matchup to watch on national television. Um, Coach, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah, the hope is that Phillips competes against Kaz Tech, their perennial powerhouse in the nation. Um, so we want our our team Phillips to go up there and really uh, compete and show them that uh, Illinois is really a powerhouse when it comes to high school sports. Yeah, and then Naz is also uh, traveling to take on Cardinal Ritter. Cardinal Ritter was fifteen and one last year, um, so another clash of powerhouses, um, and that is also nationally televised. So that'll be a fun game to watch. It should be great, and we know how powerful Naz is, so we. Know that they're going to go down there and, and really put up a, a great fight and hopefully, hopefully bring a victory out of the first game. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm more interested to see uh, how Phillips does. I think Naz. We've seen their quarterback play. Their defense um, is going to be uh, really good, and of course we can expect that. Uh, but I'm kind of interested to see what Phillips will look like because. The quarterback position right now for me is a question mark, and um, we know that they're a strong program, but we'll see how that works. Yeah, I have a question for you, Sam. Um, yeah. How do you feel about our top teams going out of state for their first games? I like it. I wish Phillips was going to, like, California or something like that. <laughs> if I was Phillips, I wouldn't want to go to Detroit. I would want to go to California. But, um, no, I, I like it. I think it's good. I think it gets the kids out of the city gets them in a different environment. I think it's a good first game just because it's, it's tough. Yeah. I think it puts them through the grinder right away. Yeah, my only thing is the question I have about it is that does it make Illinois look bad as far as football? Only because these top teams have to go only out of the state. Only if we lose. Yeah. Top teams have to go out of the state to find competition. That's the only thing for me. They couldn't find a first game here that's very competitive. They should have played each other. That would have been great, you know. <laughs> it would have been a wonderful game. Uh, so yeah. But it wouldn't be as interesting, I think, on a national scale. True. Because I think Illinois has looked over 
a lot when it comes to high school football. Absolutely. And we'll get to that topic one of these weeks. Yes. Yeah. The other game we had uh, to watch for in the city of Chicago, we think it, at home in the city of Chicago, this is the game to watch, is Orr versus Westinghouse. Coach, you want to tell us a little bit about that game? So... These are two great teams, uh, programs that have established themselves over time. Or being not as known for the sport of football, they're more of a basketball school. But over the past few years, they've really come along in the football aspect. And Westinghouse has always been a, a good team when it comes to football, just a, in a tough conference here um, in the city. But this should be a very competitive game. Yeah. I think Westinghouse is on the verge of becoming a great team. I don't know if this year they're where they want to be, but they have potential to get there. And I know Orr is far along than where they want to be. So um, I think this is going to be a very highly competitive game over this next few weeks, the preparation and the, the hype and anticipation to play these two inner city squads. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Had the privilege to watch both of these teams in seven-on-sevens this summer and uh, to get a feel for them. And they're both, they both have the, the athletes and the talent, um, so I think it'll be a phenomenal game. Uh, if I had to pick who was going to win, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Orr right now. Who are you picking? Really? Yeah. Orr has talent, but I'm going to go with Westinghouse. You think the, the line... I think their size up front and their power and quickness up uh, with the line and their uh, active linebackers, I think that gives them an edge. Well, we'll see. It's going to be good. We'll see. I think if Orr gets out early, they yeah, should be, be they should be able to run it'll away be a with problem. It. Yeah. It'll be a definite problem. All right. Well, we have a hot topic issue for high school football. Coach, why is there a drop in numbers playing high school football? Fearful parents. I think we've got to the point where the concussion discussion. Ooh, I like that. The deco- the concussion discussion. Yeah, it hasn't been thoroughly done. I mean, parents want to know what makes this game safer. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of schools and coaches have t- taken the necessary steps to explain that because there's a lot of fearful parents out there. And the whole concussion thing, if parents really knew the truth behind it the detail behind it and all the information yeah. they would have a different perspective but because of that parents are pulling kids well if they knew all the details behind it they wouldn't let their kids play soccer anymore soccer <laughs> well what else lacrosse soccer rugby and cheerleading are top three for concussions women's soccer at that yeah women's soccer is top of the list but so. i mean it's a definite concern all right concussions are a concern we need to as coaches be detailed about explaining this to parents so it's not something that we need to take lightly but parents also need to know that there's safety here football is one of the safest contact sports there is right fully yeah. padded helmets shoulder pads knee pads butt pads I when mean, it's the, done right Right. Yeah. yeah, when it's done right, and coaches teach effective techniques. I'm having some trouble right now teaching kids new tackling techniques because in their youth league they're taught a certain way. Oh, that's where it starts. That's yeah. the problem. And so I'm trying to One get of, yeah. they're trying to get them to change certain methods, certain thought processes. That's the first step to uh, the elevation of the game. Yeah. One of the other things I would add is just uh, when they're fitted in their helmets. A lot of kids want their helmet not to hurt, and so they don't get it tight enough. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like it fits like a baseball cap and not like a helmet should. Correct. 
Correct. When I was in high school, when I was even in college, the first week or two that you have your helmet on of camp, it, it hurts. Yeah. And Shoot. until it forms to your head. Yeah. But I think a lot of kids, I know, you know, at the schools I coach at, they're just, they don't want it to fit like that. And they don't want to go through the, the pain. And it's like, oh, this this hurts. This is too tight. And it's like, no, that's how it's supposed to be yeah. for the first week. Take, take it. You can either have a, a minor hurt head due to safety or a severely hurt head through injury. Yeah. Like, what do you yeah, want? That's for sure. All right. Any other reasons why numbers in high school football have dropped, do you think? I think the only other thing is uh, is basketball now becoming a... It's always been a global sport, but it's starting to become a consuming sport. It's starting to take over for all other sports. Every kid wants to play basketball. Every yeah. kid wants to shoot from half court like Steph Curry. Everybody wants to do that. They're making millions and millions of dollars. And then you look at football players... Make nowhere near what basketball players make, and they're in a way more dangerous game. Yeah. So you see the dollars. I mean, parents see the dollars. Uh, coaches see the dollars in basketball. It's like we should move that way. You see AAU growing in, uh, for basketball and things like that. So I think that sport is really consuming the market. Yeah, especially in the city of Chicago. City of Chicago is definitely a basketball city. It's called the Jordan effect. Yeah, the Jordan effect. Yeah, and with movies like. Movies coming out about concussions, and I think a lot there's a lot of negative, you know, news about football and concussions, and all the studies they're doing with NFL players' brains, and so I think at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of drop in numbers, but it's also due to the fact that a lot of parents are behind that. You would say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think parents would agree that they're behind the drop in numbers. Yeah. I mean, it's undeniable. So another thing for me is that I think the kids' part in it is that basketball is easier absolutely. than football. Basketball, you got an hour of practice. Football, you have two or three hour practice. You have easier lifting, on the body. You have, yeah, easier on the body. And at least that's what I'm running into a lot where I'm coaching at is just kids want to play basketball because it's easier. And you can blame Fortnite. Yeah. That's another... <laughs> Major factor in this drop. I'm playing Fortnite. You see the guy Fortnite made $3 million? If you can not play football, sit at home on your <laughs> game and win $3 million? Yeah, it's a different world. It's a different world. That's for sure. Sticky fingers! All things Chicago football and more. So let's move into college football. Last night, what did you think of the game? The U versus Florida. So everybody knows I'm a big college football guy. Great that it's back, but that game was excitingly sloppy. Yeah. I mean, it was great to see it back, the the way it was played, like the speed of the game, the everything about the intensity, the rivalry, the everything was great, but it was a very, very sloppy game. Yeah, I was not impressed at all with the Florida quarterback, Franks. I thought he just looked nervous. He looked flustered. I get that Miami's defense is fast and they were coming after him, but it's not like Florida's the defense he's been going after in camp, Florida's defense is that much slower, so... I thought it was disappointing for him. Florida's going to have to really step it up if they 
really want to keep that ranking at, n- at the number eight team in the country. I actually think they should drop. I think they should be out of the top ten after that performance. Florida was that bad or Miami was that good? Florida was that bad. I mean, Miami, you saw the O-line. They were terrible. Yeah. I mean, they were horrendous. But I think two kids to watch out on Florida is a guy, uh, LaMichael Perrine. That guy and uh, the quarterback, C.J. Henderson. Those two guys are going to be first-round draft picks easily. Both seniors, I think those dudes, they show phenomenal football etiquette and just gameplay all around. Pretty yeah. Ryan is fast. The kid, he hits the edge on a jet, and it's, it's a wrap. I mean, it's a wrap. So, and on Miami, the, the, the linebacker, Quarterman, 55 Quarterman, he yeah. had a pretty pretty good game too. So He had one play where he got to the edge before the running back did and chased this guy down, and the guy was probably weighed 100 pounds less than him. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it, it was the speed was phenomenal freakish. athletic The speed athletic of the game ability. was absolutely freakish. Um, but it was a, some plays where it was a, f- a three fumbles back-to-back. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and the game was and tight. The flags. It was the fourth, in the fourth quarter, the flags, some of the flags were horrible. Like, I thought, it was bad all around. As a, as a DB's coach, I was kind of frustrated with all the flags. I was like... Like, some were good. Some were, like, Let bad flags. Play. Like, like it was it was like crazy. But there was also another game last night, Hawaii versus Arizona. Did you see the last play of that game? I didn't, know. Hawaii's up by seven. Clock running out. Arizona run, uh, quarterback takes off. Almost scored a touchdown. He got tackled on the one. No. On the one. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was crazy. On the one. He's going to hear about that in the phone oh, yeah. room. You got to die for that or do something. You got you to gotta man up. Got Hawk down at the one. That'll be with him for the rest of his career. Time run out. All right. Um, Illinois came out and with a video showing their new football facilities, which looked phenomenal. What did you think, Coach? I think it was a great recruiting tool. I don't know if it was greater than LSU's locker room, but... I don't think so, <laughs> But no. I think recruiting for Mid-State, I think it's a great recruiting tool. We'll see if they pick up kids because of this, but locker room was phenomenal. I mean, oh yeah, and there overlooks their practice facility and has a lot of the old Illinois football players that made such an impact there. Kind of showing the history behind it and on whose shoulders you're standing on and stuff like that. Yeah, I thought it was great. I thought my first thought was, why did it take so long? Yeah, I mean, Lovey's. I don't know what 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 year is Lovey now. I want to say four. I wanna. I might be wrong. Three or four. I'm pretty sure out of a five-year contract. Yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you come in year one with all this? Um, because Illinois doesn't have the backing. It doesn't have the. They haven't done anything to warrant upgraded facilities. Now these facilities need to be up. Need to have been upgraded years ago. But yeah. I agree that with Lovey's name, maybe it should have been a little bit faster. But they haven't if done it. You're anything. gonna pay love in my mind. If you're gonna pay Lovey that kind of money and not update the facilities, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, Lovey's a man. You know, we love him up here. Yeah, love, love, Lovey. All right, a game to watch out for in the Chicagoland area. Northwestern is playing Stanford. What do you think of that game, Coach? When you hear the names, you you're like, oh, Stanford's gonna murder Northwestern. He's like, it, it's gonna be a bloodbath. But Stanford has not been as good as they've been in the past. Nope. So they're ranked number twenty-five, but honestly, being ranked twenty-five doesn't say much. You know, like yeah. one hiccup, you're out. So it's like Stanford's not where they've been, but I think. 
Northwest or has progressed over the years. It's, I think it's going to be way closer, way more competitive than people think. I so, am predicting a Northwestern upset. I, I think I am too. They got a new quarterback coming in. Um, they looked really good last year, had a lot of young talent last year. I like Northwestern. And I think Stanford, like you said, they're kind of in a year where you just kind of like, yeah, who who is over there? I, yeah, I, I can't know. even name anyone off the top of my head. So Go for the hometown boys. Yeah. As if if Northwestern can can handle that, you know, Stanford's going to come right at them running the ball and with their big tight ends and passing the ball. If if Northwestern can hang with them on defense, I think Northwestern should be able to score some points for sure. Yeah, I want to know what see what Northwestern has done with their um DB core. Yeah. With the defensive back core and see how they better that area. Not only just with passing, but run support. Mm-hmm. If, if if those two things have been fixed, I think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be close. I think Northwestern would, is going to pretty much destroy Stanford. I don't know about that, but I'm hoping <laughs> they win. All right. I have a player to watch for um, that I don't think many people know of. Uh, I think it'll he'll have a breakout season, but who do you have to watch for? I'm sticking with um, Per Ryan out of Florida. I think that kid is going to, don't quote me on this. I think he's going to go top 10 in the draft. I think that kid is wow. phenomenal. I think the speed of that kid, they got him listed at 5'11". I don't know if that's going to affect his draft pick, but. So he's, he's probably 5'9". Got that speed. He got that, that power to turn a corner and just destroy all teams. I was thinking T.Y. Hilton Yeah. as a comparison. Yeah, I'm sick with him. I think he's a guy to watch out for this year. I forget what that case was, but uh, my guy to watch for, Washington State quarterback Gage Burdrow. He is stepping in for uh, Gardner Minshaw. Gage is coming in at Washington State at the quarterback, Gardner replacing Gardner. And interesting story, so Mike Leach actually – Stole Gardner from Alabama, convinced him that he could lead the nation in passing uh, at Washington State. And, and Minshaw actually finished with 50 yards shy of being the, the nation's leading passer last year. For, throw, threw for over 4,000 yards, 38 touchdowns. So I think Leach can do it again with uh, over at Washington State with Gage this year. Yeah, but they have to go against Washington, so we'll, we'll see. I just think he's going to have a breakout year. Be night, yeah. Similar numbers to last year. Moving on. Hot topic issue for college football. Should players be paid? <laughs> I know why you're laughing. This is a interesting topic for me. We both played in college, so we Yep. Did this is something Did we get paid? No. Not at all. So still in debt. Exactly. I see <laughs> I see why they're saying players should get paid. The market for college sports is, is ridiculous they make so much money off uh, off these sports but i don't know how you supplement a full ride education you give them a full ride and then say you still got to pay them maybe a stipend maybe some type of small my whole thing about paying them is that how do you make it equal how do you make it fair without uh, without it being like professional sports where there's there's uh, agents and they're bidding wars and things yeah how do you make it should it be fair, fair? i mean it's not going to be should, should every be player get the same stipend or be paid the same and is that across all sports in college athletics even the sports that make zero money that's the bait so i think that's the only way for it to be fair 
right? But if you got a, let's say Zion, we're talking about basketball right now, but just as a person with a big name, yeah. you can't, it's hard to say, Zion, we're going to pay you, save as much as our 12th man on the bench that's yeah. never going to see the court, right? Yeah. It's hard to say that. But Or we're going to pay you the same as the uh, girls' field hockey player who's yeah, sitting correct. on the bench. Yeah, correct. But it's it's tough, right? It's tough. But I'm big on you got a full ride scholarship, maybe a, a stipend or something like that. But to have this thing where they should be paid and there should be tiers and levels and things like that. If if the NCAA can structure it where it's fair, then it is what it is. I'm still like I'm for it, not for it. But I don't think they'll ever get to the point where they can structure it where it's fair. And without involving, but how yeah. can you be mad at boosters about paying kids and things like that? But they don't want to pay kids. Yeah, I think the NCAA is in trouble. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think they're in trouble, absolutely. and I think more so in basketball than any other sport. But they are in trouble absolutely. because players are seeing the advantage of, especially in basketball, where you just go for a year. Yep, you're not really getting an education, and you can go make money overseas well this is a way to help the situation if you take off the limitations when you get to go pro if there if you can go pro right out of high school every sport then it makes it easier because those kids those one and done kids can go right pro they don't have to worry about the education side of which i think every kid should get education that's just me but now we're saying you have to do one year of college or you before you go pro yeah that that's like the ncaa saying we want to make some money off of you Mm. And then you can go pro. Yeah. But if you remove that stipulation, then it makes it a little bit, a little bit fair, like a little bit okay, because those guys aren't going to go to college. Yeah. And then college is going to become actually more competitive because it's going to be equal footing. I would love for college football to start paying the athletes so that these athletes stay longer uh, in college sports. You know how my faithful Irish, how I, I just felt like some of our kids should have stayed one more year. Yeah. It's like, just stay one more year. Just hold on. <laughs> Give us a shot. <laughs> one more year we're there, but I don't know. I, I I don't know how that's fair. I just know how you make it fair. I don't think you can. Uh, I don't think it's going to be fair. But you could do it percentage-wise. Yeah. So if your sport makes this percentage of what the college brings in for athletics, then they get that percentage of the overall total. Yeah. But I have an idea. What's that? So, when you sign to play for the NCAA, you sign away the rights to use your, that they can use your name, their likeness, Correct. your likeness, and all that. Correct. Uh, you can't sign any for memorabilia. You can't do any of that. You can't make money. Why don't they get rid of that? Yeah. Get rid of that. Then the players that actually have the big names that can make the money on the can side. go make their money on the mm-hmm. side. The thing about that, I, I think I Because totally then if you don't you- have a big name... You you're, want, you're, yeah. you're just not getting paid. Yeah. You can use your name and your likeness and how they're getting paid, but you, no one's going to pay you that money. But I think with doing, I think that's the only way to make it fair, right? But the only way, that that will strip away the collegiate, what's the word I'm looking for? The collegiate title, right? It, it becomes... Well, the NCAA would lose a lot of money. Yeah, it becomes professional <laughs> play at that point. Because then that player would be making money off of his own exactly. jerseys. His own memorabilia. Because a lot of a lot of those people that they're gonna go do that with are the same companies that the NCAA has has ties to. Let's say like the Nikes and the Jordans, things like that. Where schools have ties to. Those kids are gonna go to those companies themselves and it's gonna pull away from the school income. Maybe. 
But if you go to if you're playing for a team that's sponsored by Jordan, then you could just sign with Jordan, and they can use you know get a get a jersey deal with Jordan. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But but why does Jordan? Why does Jordan now have to? Let's say Duke. Why does Jordan now have to market Duke? Or I think Carolina. He's with Carolina. Let's say why does Jordan now have to market Carolina? Well, he already got the top player where he can market however he wants. So now the the school they lose revenue that way. Well, they lose revenue, but you can also make a lot more money if you keep them around another year. Yeah, but I I, I just we'll see. And players are not gonna st- are not gonna be leaving to go overseas. But football is a much tougher sport to do that with. Now we're talking we're talking basketball where it's. Somewhat easier. Smaller teams, you can easily figure the money situation now. Now, if you got an 80-man roster, yeah, it, it gets difficult. But uh, like you said, if they go and they, they're able to sign endorsements, things like that, it makes it easier on, on a, the, the college. But in my opinion, it becomes professional play. It's no longer collegiate. It's no longer amateurism. You know what I mean? So you're only getting paid for your name and your likeness, which other people are using. You you're getting a cut of that. Yeah. I don't know that that's like technically. I guess it is, but it but, feels less than Jordan paying me a hundred thousand dollars. But one thing to get back to is that I agree with you. NCAA is in trouble. They're in absolute trouble because this is this is going to happen. But yeah. They have to figure oh, yeah. out how. It's going to be a complete mess. Yeah. They, it's going to be. An, it's going to be a mess. We're going to it'll be very interesting to watch, but the NCAA is definitely in the next 2 years it's going to happen. Yeah. And it is weird that you see every year like a booster or a, an executive of a company is in trouble for paying the kid. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's all to, happening. It's be... The money's all there. It's just now in the next 2 years it's going to be controlled by the NCAA. Yeah. Which I think is a mistake, but we'll see how it turns out. That'll be a very interesting, very, very interesting. But I'm what I 100% think they should get paid because the NCAA is making so much money. Yeah, I'm, I'm still on the fence. I'm, I've been this way since they started talking about it. They're I making mean, ridiculous amounts oh, of money know. off these kids, and these kids. I mean, they don't even. I mean, as of two years ago, the north the Northwestern team came forward, and we're talking about how they don't even have enough food to eat. But yeah, but as devil's advocate, think of this way: Are they making money off the kids per se, or are they making money off of their school's name? Right, like Duke. Duke is a perennial powerhouse basketball. Notre Dame football. They're known for football. Not any true individual really stepping out and being great. They're known for Notre Dame being dominant and winning so many championships. Alabama. They're known for winning so many. So are they technically winning, making money off the athlete, or yes. is the sport? No, is the school performing at such a level and their coaching staff is so great that they're making money no. because coaches, of the name of school? As much as I would love for coaches to win games, players win games. Uh, no, and you can't say the school. That's not the debate. The coaches. <laughs> that's not so. I could debate that topic. Ooh, we'll have to do that I could next. Debate that topic. Next now, week we got a topic. I, I agree with you, but I think it's a debatable topic. I agree it's debatable. I just at the end of the day the players are the ones on the field winning the games. So when you hear the name Alabama, roll tie, what comes to your mind first? Tua. Are you sure? You sure Nick Saban does come to your mind? Are you sure? Nick Saban does come to your mind. He's he's really short. Because when if I yeah, he is. <laughs> when I hear Clemson, 
I think of Dabo. Dabo. When you hear of uh, right. Northwestern, I think of Fitz. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm on the fence of the whole paying thing. It's just so you have to have thing. you have to have a poster child that's going to be around true. there for more than a year or two. That's true, right? And that's what those guys are. But at the end of the day, Nick Saban has been on some has been a coach and lost a lot of games. Yeah, it wasn't really his career didn't really take off before he got to Alabama. Yeah, because he wasn't good in the NFL. He's better at the college level. Well, we can have that debate next week, but we should, for the sake of time, probably move on. <laughs> So we both agree, players should be paid. How will it get done, though? That's the question. I'm very interested to watch it and see what happens. Sticky fingers! Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers. Sticky fingers! All things Chicago football and more. So moving on to the NFL, quick kicking report for the Chicago Bears. Okay, started with eight kickers in camp. At the end of camp, came down to three kickers. Before their third preseason game, the Bears moved down to one kicker. So let me just kind of sort through this a little bit and then tell you what I think is going to happen. So basically, to start it off, the Bears traded for the Raiders kicky, uh, <laughs> kicker, Eddie Pinero, on, and gave up the seventh round draft, draft pick two years from now. So they gave up a draft pick for this guy. Then it was the job went from being between Eddie and Elliot Fry, right? Elliot Fry they signed a three-year deal with prior to off-season workouts. So it wasn't a surprise that out of the eight kickers they brought in, the guy that they signed a three-year deal with and the guy that they gave up a seventh-round draft pick were the two guys at the end of the day that they were deciding between. And the Bears made their final de- decision to waive kicker Elliot Fry and go with Eddie Pinero as their guy for the kicking position, at least for now. Here's my opinion, though. My opinion is that they will pick up a vet f- who gets cut from someone else and he will probably re- replace Eddie. I don't know that the Bears are done with their kicking drama yet they shouldn't be because he was only he was only three for four in the preseason before this last before last night's game he was two for two last night so yeah robbie gold needs to come back i don't know robbie wants the money they don't want to pay him but i think it's worth it in the long run yeah i think i think at the end of the day they'll probably get if 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 a vet is out there that they like they'll go after him and get rid of eddie so i don't think the kicking situation is done a done deal in chicago by any stretch i hope not but yeah there's your uh kicking report for the chicago bears let's go into uh game by game for the season we'll see what what we think the bears schedule will look like here and you have the bears going three and three i mean 13 and three i'm sorry 13 and three three and three in the first yeah. game 13 and th- oh, first three and no games. first game i, th- I don't think they <laughs> first... lose at all in the first three yeah so they have uh game one titans Yep, win. They'll play the Titans, win. Easily. They'll play 
Packers at Soldier Field in tough their game. second game. That's a really tough game. I have the Bears winning that one. Do you have the Bears winning yep. that one? I have them 3-0. Then I have the Bears winning against the Broncos the next week. I have the Bears winning game four against the Redskins. I have the Bears winning game five against the Vikings, although I do think that that game will be tough. I have the Bears winning uh, game six against the Raiders in Oakland, and I have the Bears on their first loss is against the Saints. Uh, correct. I think they lose to the Saints. I have the Bears then. I'm still debating on this one a little bit. I think the Bears lose either to the Chargers or to the Rams. I think I don't think they win against both the LA teams. Right now I have them losing at home to the Chargers. I have them beating the Chargers losing to the Rams. The Bears have the Chargers at Soldier Field and they and they are going to LA to play the Rams. So maybe that'll play into it. I have the Bears beating the Eagles after the Chargers. I have them beating the Lions the next weekend. And then yep. I have um, them beating the Rams the weekend after that. I have I have them beating the Giants. I have the Bears beating the Lions and then the Cowboys. Tough then, game. Yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll be at Soldier Field, though. Cowboys game. So I think that's kind of why... Two top defenses, though. I I'm mean, very confident be... the Bears are going to win at home, though. It's gonna be nice. It'll be a fun game to watch. And then I have the Bears losing to the Packers at Lambeau. I don't see them losing to the Packers this year. I know Aaron Rodgers is your boy. Aaron Rodgers I, I know. is. Just don't don't think they have the entire package. I think they're lacking. He's he's a bad man. He is. I think he's on a revenge tour this year, too. So I think it's going to be a tough division for the Bears. We'll see. I think the Bears win at, at Soldier Field. I think they lose at Lambeau. That's what I'm going with this year. Then the next weekend, uh, second second to last weekend, 15, they're, they're losing to the Chiefs. I have the Bears losing to the Chiefs. I just think that's off. that offense is just, unless Patrick Mahomes gets hurt, the Bears, I, don't, I just don't see them. I think I, if they I can, see it being a great game. If they can slow down the speed of some of their receivers, I think it could be a close game. But if not, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And then of the Bears beating the Vikings in the last game of the season, we'll see. So are you saying they're going to be the champions of their division? Is what you're saying? Because by, by your win-loss, they will be champions of the division. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's either the Bears or the Packers. Yeah. I mean, of course. We'll see how we'll <laughs> see how Aaron Rodgers. It all depends on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, there's and no Mitch, way. Mitch hasn't looked good in in the preseason or training camp. See, I want Mitch to prove you wrong. I want him to come out first game and just light it up. Just I don't think he will. Ten touchdowns. Just there's no way he's throwing for. 10 I know, touchdowns. but I'm just saying. I know that was an exaggeration, but just <laughs> if he light does. It up. Throw for if Mitch Trubisky throws for ten touchdowns, I will do ten ten days of a hundred push-ups. Deal. <laughs> I don't think you're going to have to do that, but it'd be interesting. No, I think the Bears' offense is going to start slow this year, um, and I think it's okay because they got the Titans right away, and I think the Bears' defense at Soldier Field will hold the Packers to the Bears offense won't have to in the second game of the season they won't have to score much to win and then the Broncos and the Redskins the Bears offense by that time I think by like week five the Bears offense will be back up to where it was last year and speaking of the Bears defense just thinking about their game against the Colts yesterday what's interesting when you look at it is that in every category the Colts were better offensively every category the Colts are a better, like, overall team, in my opinion, of, yep. like, across the board. I think the Bears have the better defense well, by far. It's going to be rough. 
Yeah. But it's crazy that with when in every category they're better, but the Bears still won. It just lets you know how kind of good the defense is. Dominant. Right? How, Game how good changing. they really are. Yeah. Um, so it's, I think this defense is real. I think it's back. I think it's real. I think it's going to be punishing. Between them and the, the Cowboys, I think that's going to be the top two defenses uh, in the league. Uh, we'll see how who takes the lead in that. But I'm looking forward to a defensive-driven league. I'm tired of the high-scoring games. Let's have some competition. Let's go back and forth here. Yeah. I know we'll I know offense pays the bills. I mean everybody likes to see the the loan passes, the yeah. the t- all that celebrations and all that, but let's start smacking people in the mouth. Let's start start really playing football. I love it. That sounds good. Speaking of the Cowboys, let's hop into our hot topic. Uh Zeke. Zeke, Zeke, Zeke. Zeke wants to get paid. So let's talk to my wife about this. It's... Yeah. So should players sit out for the money in the NFL? That's our question. We got Zeke, we got Melvin Gordon, we got of course the OG Le'Veon Bell. This is my thing. You can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. But I think the teams have to be strong and say and and if you but and the team believes a certain thing, then stick stick to it. But if you got a guy, but also if you got a guy that's worth it, they shouldn't have to sit out, right? Do you think Zeke is worth it? Yes, I think Zeke is worth it. I think Zeke is phenomenal. Do you think Le'Veon Bell is worth it? Yes, I think he's worth it. Do you think Melvin Gordon is no, worth it? No, I do not think he's worth it. On that team, with that roster on, of, on that of team, running backs, or do you think... Just on that team for L.A., it's not worth it for L.A. Okay. Now, if he's on that team, possibly. But also, with the sitting out, it comes... Le'Veon Bell started a domino effect. Yeah. With Zeke, though, what frustrates me about Zeke is that every year, he's in trouble. Every year, he's done something. Got in trouble with the law... Every year. How can you sit out and say you're worth something when all you've done was bring turmoil to the team? Like, yeah. when do you show that you well, it's owe... it's not the... all he's done. He's also produced. He's produced, but go type in Zeke name right now and just see what you get. You're not going to say, oh, Zeke rushed for 1,000 yards. You're going to see Zeke got in trouble with a police officer. You're going to say Zeke wants more money. Zeke did something in Louisiana. His 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 timeline, yeah. his, his story is built with negativity, right? Phenomenal player. I would pay Zeke. I would pay him. But when do you get to a point as a player saying... Like, even Le'Veon Bell, he's in an off-season party and all that. When do you get to the player and say... He hasn't been into it with the law. No, no, no. But he, he's been... He's almost like Antonio Brown. They both are like just natural headaches, right? They're just <laughs> migraines. They just come, boom, they just hit you. He hasn't been in a, with the law. He deserved the money that he wanted. I just think the way he went about it... Should he have sat out? I wouldn't have sat out a whole year, but it, he protected his body. So he has... Is it different... For running backs than any other position? Yes, because running backs have a shorter lifespan. DeAndre Hopkins had the option to sit out and wait for his money, too. And he was at OTAs. He was at training camp. And he his response was, I know that the Texans are going to take care of me. See, that's when you have belief, belief in your team. Belief in the administration. If Zeke truly had belief in Jerry Jones, which I think he should have, because Jerry Jones... Has Jerry Jones earned it? I believe so. He's th- I mean, he's had his back through everything. Everything. Dug him out of everything. Everything. And- so when you Zeke say, I know Jerry has my back, and Jerry's going to pay me. Jerry know, knows I'm worth it. I'm going to go play for Jerry, because Jerry know, knows I'm worth it. But then we say, ultimatum. 
pay me or I'm I'm going to sit out. It's like it's an interesting technique of negotiating because DeAndre Hopkins saying no, I know these guys got my back almost puts pressure on them to pay them. Exactly. Whereas Zeke saying sitting out and being like, no, I'm worth this. If they don't, I'm just going to sit out if they don't want me. No loyalty to the team type thing. It almost makes them makes you want to pay him less. Yeah, I, I agree. Like Le'Veon Bill, he sat out, and what the Steelers say? They they held strong. No, because you haven't really shown us you deserve that, right? Now, he went somewhere else and got not well, all he wanted. The Steelers but, also have one of the best offensive lines in in the NFL. And then what they, yeah, and what they also saw that with Le'Veon out, they had somebody actually step up and play well, right? So, Le'Veon Bill, though he's one of the top running backs in the league, he was no longer, like, sought as, like, you're dominant. Just like with Antonio Brown, they have Juju Smith-Schuster, so it was like, I can, I don't really need Antonio Brown, right? I have another star. So I think that's the same thing that happened with Le'Veon Bell. Now, he got his money, not everything, but he got it. But what he has to do now that he has it, I think it should be a clause in his contract. And then Zeke's, if he gets his money, if you don't produce such and such, then we're going to have to renegotiate this, right? Because... So less guaranteed. Less guaranteed, but they the point of their contract is they want more guaranteed. That's the problem. Yeah. They want oh more yeah, they want money. it all up front. Yeah. So because if they blow out their knee like Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley's got all of his money. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I think Zeke has done enough to warrant more guaranteed money. I don't know if Levon has done enough to guarantee more. Would you give a running back that type of money? Because in my mind. If I'm an NFL owner, that's not worth it. Because I can go get a quarterback who will be around. If I get a premier quarterback, he's going to be around for 10 years. Mm-hmm. No running back is going to be around for 10 years. And not only that. Unless you're yeah. Frank, Frank Gore. Yeah. <laughs> and not only that, is, but also. This old man just yeah. never stops. Offenses have, have moved to a more prolific passing style of offense. So. The running back is, has been for a while almost secondary or, or on the third tier. They're not really a primary focus. You work, you a lot of teams run. Wide receivers have a longer life. Exactly, and they you can actually run plays to where the wide receiver be, like a jet. They become yeah. a wide receiver is a running back, right? And they got faster speed. There, I mean, they they can do a lot more. And the NFL is always. I've heard someone say this. I don't know if this is true or not, but it makes sense. The NFL is always like 10 years behind college i agree so what college the college game right now is gonna be what the nf we're starting to see that a little bit with lamar jackson Mm -hmm. with i mean all these phenomenal college quarterbacks deshaun watson that are coming into the league and and they're changing the style of offense that is in the nfl yeah i think if zeke or Le'Veon bell well Le'Veon is kind of like this, but Zeke not too, not as much. But McCaffrey for uh, the Panthers, yeah, he can play slot. He can yeah. play in the yeah. backfield. If he, they were more like that and just as dynamic as they are now, yeah. then guarantee, yep, I, I can give you that. But they're not. They're runners. Like, Zeke is a runner. You can't put Zeke in a slot and expect him to run a corner route. You can't put Zeke in a slot and expect him to run an out route. I mean, you can't expect the not swings they do that. That's naturally for a running back, but yeah, you can't expect those high performance plays from those guys. So I, I can put up. I wouldn't put up the guarantee money. Yeah, but as a running back, it's tough because you know your career is short, so you you need to get your money while you yeah. can. 
I agree. And we, also with Le'Veon Bell, they were franchising him every year, which I think was kind of bogus. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was, I was bogus on his I had no part. problem with Le'Veon Bell yeah. sitting out and waiting for the money. Because, yeah. yeah, the Steelers... It's, it's funny with me with Zeke, though, because you just got in trouble for something. Then, a month later, pay me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's, it's different. So, Le'Veon, I was like, yes, you should do this. Yeah, it kind of sucks for your team and like your offensive linemen Correct. and all these people that block for you for and mate and helped you be great, right? But with Zeke, it's different because it seems like the Cowboys have really stuck their neck out for him a bunch. Exactly. And he's kind of like, well, if you don't give me my money, this is where it ends. Melvin Gordon is interesting to me because there are some. Like two other backs that are really, really good and talented. So That's I don't. Why I wouldn't pay him. I don't think they will. But it's like for Melvin Gordon, does that mean would it have been better to just request a trade? Yep, come to the Bears. We'll take you. <laughs> come on. Yeah, interesting though. We'll see. We'll see. So, do you think that the Cowboys will end up giving Zeke the money? Absolutely. They can't afford not to. When? It'll be before the first game. Really? Yeah. I can't see them allow him to sit out. They can't afford it for him to sit out. It'd destroy their year. I don't know. I think I think you can do without Zeke. You think so? That offense? I don't think Dak's good enough of a quarterback I, to I think play without is. without Zeke. Yeah. Zach is uh, Dak is nothing without without Zeke. No. I the think combination he's... is what makes that offense. Dak's numbers did not differ as much until Amari Cooper came into town. His numbers. Zeke being in the lineup versus Zeke being out of the lineup did not spike Dak's numbers as much as Amari Cooper coming to town. Which, and I, I've always thought Dak was a phenomenal quarterback. I thought they he had no one to throw to, and he was with an offensive coordinator who was gonna run the ball. Right, that's that was what the Dallas Cowboys were gonna do. They were gonna run the football, and when Dak came into the league, they had one of the best offensive lines touted one of the best offensive lines in the league. So they were going to run the ball. I think Dak's phenomenal quarterback. I think with Amari there, and Amari's not even like in my top 10 for receivers. Amari's just a, a really good receiver. Yeah. They finally got a, a, an actual receiver over there, and Dak's numbers went through the roof. Yeah, well, we'll see. I um, think they are going to keep Zeke because I think Jerry Jones has have to. invested too much, basically. Yes, I mean, you've put, <laughs> he always brings the bad guys, and he puts so much behind him. Yep. He's done the same thing with Zeke. He has to see it out. He, yeah. He doesn't have a choice. I mean, he has a choice. I mean, he's, he's Jerry Melvin Jones. Melvin Gordon, not going to be a Charger. No. Do you think he'll go somewhere this year, or do you think he'll sit out of here? He needs to go somewhere. I don't think he can afford to sit. I don't. I just don't think he can. He can afford to sit out. He's not the caliber of Zeke and, and Le'Veon. I don't think he has that type of pool to sit. I say. Hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, there's teams that he probably won't get all what he wants, but he can go to some teams right now that give him somewhere close. Yeah. And that's what that's what he needs to aim for. Is somewhere close, like not the, the entire amount. Somewhere close to what you wanted. That's what Le'Veon did. He got. They got him. Close to what he wanted, and he's like, "Okay, let's go." So, but he also sat out a year and had a year for his body to recover. Melvin Gordon could benefit from a year of recovery. Do you think Melvin Gordon is as good as Le'Veon? No, but I think there's enough teams out there in need, in desperate need, of a premier running back 
that he could sit out a year and still get close to what he wants, like Le'Veon. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad idea for him to sit out a year, just looking at it from his perspective. The Chargers should definitely not give him the money, though, in my opinion. I agree. I would. I mean, they have the backs. Yeah. They have they have two more horses in the stable. Yep. All you need is two. Yep. And you got the rest of your team is ready to go, so... You don't need that drama. All right, well, anything else? Any closing comments uh, before we... The next two weeks are going to be great. High school football starts. Mm-hmm. College starts. NFL starts. Let's, let's go. It's football yep. time. Right. Let's get it going. All right, well, that's it for us today. Thanks for listening to Sticky Fingers Podcast. Kevin Davis and Sam Cody signing out. Peace. Sticky Fingers!